0: Hey, y'all. This week, we're excited to introduce our very first Lanyap episode. Are you wondering what a Lanyap episode is? Well, it's basically a shortened episode between episodes. We've decided to let others be their own voice and share their personal experiences through the NOLA HOTS podcast. Today, we are excited to let Miss Christina White share her daughter Aubrey's heart journey with us all. And without further ado, Miss Christina White. Hello, my name is Christina White, and I'm so excited to be here to share the story of my amazing heart warrior, Aubrey, with all of you. A little backstory about me, my husband and I have been married for 14 years, and we have two daughters, Reagan, who is 11, and our warrior, Aubrey, who will be two in April. We live in a rural area of central Louisiana, and I work as a nurse practitioner in an urgent care, but all the medical training in the world couldn't have prepared me for being thrown into the CHD world like we were. There is a big age gap between our children, nine years to be exact. And the reason for that is we struggled with secondary infertility when trying to have Aubrey. We had no trouble getting pregnant with Reagan, but went through years of failed treatment and IVF when trying to conceive Aubrey. Then one day we were miraculously pregnant without treatment and doctors couldn't explain it. We knew it was God, though. I tell you this just to give you the full picture of why Aubrey was our miracle baby from the start, even before the start of her heart journey. My pregnancy went along wonderfully, and no problems were detected at any of our scans. Because I was 34 years old during that pregnancy, they began doing non-stress tests at 30 weeks, which weren't going well. On April 5, 2019, she failed the test miserably, and they administered my first dose of steroids. The next morning was my baby shower, of all things. So I went to my baby shower, then drove myself to the hospital alone. A few hours later, they were planning an emergency C-section because Aubrey was showing significant distress. She was born on April 6, 2019, and weighed three pounds, one ounce, and was 14 and a half inches long. She was 32 weeks. She came out crying, which was a wonderful sound to hear, and a sound we wouldn't hear again for about two months. She began having respiratory distress and had to be transferred to a hospital in Alexandria that night. I was stuck in the bed two hours away because I had just had a C-section. The next morning, I demanded discharge so I could be at her side. So we left, packed some things, and went to the hospital, and I was at her bedside about 20 hours after having a C-section. She continued to have respiratory distress, and her heart kept getting larger and larger on chest X-rays. Remember, at this point, we knew nothing about her heart defect. They just kept blaming things on her prematurity. At nine days old, they did the echo due to the enlarged heart and the loud murmur. The cardiologist set me down and said those dreaded words. Aubrey has a congenital heart defect. It literally made me weaken the knees, and I thought I was going to faint. He said her heart was so enlarged he couldn't tell for sure what defect she had, but he thought it looked like core triatrium. A Google search of this didn't provide me with much information, and I just continued on in my shocked state trying to keep it together. They told me a helicopter was coming to get her to take her to the NICU at Ochsner Baptist in New Orleans. They told us to plan to be in New Orleans for several months. New Orleans is about, a four, about four hours from home for us, so we were leaving behind our older daughter and our jobs and heading to New Orleans with no idea how we would afford lodging, food, expenses, etc., and no idea if our baby would survive or not. By the time we arrived at Oshner, they had already done a battery of tests on her and had some answers. Aubrey did not have core triatrium. She had a VSD, a few ASDs, and pulmonary artery stenosis. This was news to my ears because I did have knowledge of those heart defects and knew they were treatable and that many even closed on their own. They also found several other things wrong with Aubrey, though. She had severe trachea and Malaysia, which is where the trachea collapses, causing breathing difficulty and airway compression. She basically had to stay laying on her belly or her side because if she laid on her back when she wasn't intubated, her trachea would collapse and cause distress. They told us over and over again that she was going to need a trach to ever leave the hospital, but we knew our warrior was strong and insisted they give her a fighting chance before proceeding with the trach. She was on and off the ventilator so many times I lost count. She always required high-flow oxygen when she wasn't intubated. They started her on medications to try to help relieve the workload on her heart. About three weeks later, it was evident that wasn't working and she needed further intervention. This whole time, they were trying to wait on her to grow and get bigger to have the open-heart surgery, but it was very apparent that wasn't going to happen because she was burning so many calories breathing that she couldn't gain weight even with the NG tube. They decided we had to try something and it had to be quick because Aubrey was very sick and was running out of time. They transferred her around three weeks old to Oshner Main Campus at the Pediatric CVICU. This was our fourth hospital in three weeks. By this time, we had found an Airbnb that we were renting that was close to the hospital. At Oshner Main, it was decided that we had to try a PA band. A PA band is an open chest but not open heart surgery where they place a band around the pulmonary artery to restrict the extra blood flow from going to the lungs. It is a last ditch effort to try to buy some time to allow a baby to get big enough for open heart surgery. The surgery itself is very simple, but it has a high risk of complications because because it is not a fix and it is done on very sick, usually very small infants. The day before the surgery, a cardiologist came in and told us we did not have to do the surgery if we did not want to put her through it. My husband said, what other option do we have? He said, well, you could just take her home and let her be comfortable until she passes. I couldn't believe they were offering compassionate and hospice care for her. We knew she was sick, but that just reiterated how sick she was. We told him no way. I chimed in and said, she has a VSD, the most common and treatable heart defect, Why would we ever do that? He again reminded us that she was very sick and her recovery after the PA band could be very difficult and risky. We didn't care. She was having the surgery and we were going to give her every chance at life we could. Speaking of the VSD, I forgot to mention hers wasn't just a small VSD. Her VSD spanned from the inlet to the outlet of the septum. A VSD is a hole between the two ventricles of the heart. Those are the two pumping chambers at the bottom of the heart. There was no septum at all between her two ventricles. It was basically just like one big chamber where all the oxygenated and unoxygenated blood was mixing and getting pumped to her lungs and body. We knew there was no chance of this VSD closing without open-heart surgery, and she was one of the sickest VSD babies the hospital had ever seen because of her prematurity and her airway problems added to the complexity as well. On May twenty first, 2019, We handed our six-week-old, not-even-five-pound baby over to the surgeons. It was the first, longest day of our life. The surgery was close to eight hours. Even with my medical background, it was so difficult to see my baby after surgery hooked up to all the machines and tubes. You could barely see her tiny body in the bed because of all the equipment, tubes, and wires. They reminded us again that she would probably fail extubation and need a trach and to prepare ourselves. In true Aubrey fashion, she showed them all and handled extubation like a champ, with a little help from some steroids and some proper positioning. Even after the surgery, though, she continued to breathe so fast that she couldn't take a bottle or gain weight well. We spent another four weeks in the hospital recovering and trying to get her to a point she could safely take a bottle. That didn't happen, though, and we made the decision to proceed with the G-tube so we could finally go home. On June seventeenth, 2019, Aubrey had surgery to place a G-tube. They again worried she would not come off the vent well and would need a trach. Again, she proved them wrong, and a week later, we were ready to be discharged. We had spent 79 days in the hospital, 79 days away from home, 79 days since I had slept in my own bed in my own house. We went home on June 24, 2019, and were so excited. We were told the PA band should buy us about six months before having to have her open-heart surgery. We were at home and doing well for about six weeks, then Aubrey began deteriorating. Her sats were getting lower and lower. She was going into the 60s when sleeping. We ended up back in the hospital in Oshner three different times, and no one could answer as to why she was doing so poorly. They said she wasn't big enough for open-heart surgery yet and were stumped as to why she was so sick. On the third hospitalization, they did a heart cath, which was August 23, 2019, and the results were horrendous. She had severe pulmonary hypertension and had several problems with her lungs as well. They said we had about three weeks to get the open-heart surgery or she wouldn't survive. They were still very concerned about her size and her other issues as well. At this point, we decided to transfer care to Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. So when they finally extubated her after the cath, which was almost a week later, we were packed and left straight from New Orleans and drove to Houston. We already had appointments set up and had already found an apartment to rent. Houston did another battery of tests, and we found out the cause of her trachea and they came up with a plan to fix it. Before we could get the surgery, she ended up hospitalized again for low O2 sats. They finally agreed to let us go back to the apartment on oxygen instead of waiting in the hospital for another week to get the surgery. I had very strict parameters to keep her O2 sats between 75 and 85, and since I was a nurse practitioner, they trusted me to adjust her oxygen accordingly. On September 19th, 2019, we handed our baby over to surgeons again. She was still so small. She was five and a half months and still only eight pounds. They had wanted her to be 11 pounds for her open heart surgery, but it was apparently we weren't going to get to that weight, and we had no choice to but to proceed with the surgery. We knew we were in amazing hands at Texas Children's Hospital. Her surgeon was very blunt and explained that Aubrey's VSD was indeed severe. It was huge, but he assured us he would fix our little girl. He told us to expect a one-week stay in CVICU, and then another week on step-down unit, and then another two weeks in Houston to stay close for monitoring. Her surgery lasted over nine hours and was the second longest day of our life. When he came out and told us surgery was successful and she was doing well, I broke down in tears. He probably thought I was crazy. He was like, no, 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 everything is good, Mom. I was like, I understand that, but I have held these tears in all day, and these are tears of relief and joy. We went and saw her in the ICU, and she had even more tubes and wires than she did the first time, and it was just as hard to see her. She rocked recovery like the warrior she was and was actually discharged from the hospital after one week, not two weeks, and we got to go home a week after that. They were all shocked at how well she did. Today, Aubrey is almost two and doing typical toddler things. She just does them a little slower than other kids because she had a rough start at life. She's not walking independently yet. She is still strictly G-tube fed, and she isn't talking, but she will do all these things on her own time. She is currently having some airway issues related to her tonsils and the fact that she has a small jaw, subglottic stenosis, and still has some trachea Malaysia. But from a heart standpoint, she is doing great. We still see the cardiologist every four months, and they are monitoring some pulmonary artery stenosis and a mildly leaky valve. Other than that, her heart is doing well, and we don't anticipate any more major heart surgeries. She is still followed by the pulmonary hypertension team at Texas Children's Hospital. Currently, we are only taking Lasix, more for her pulmonary hypertension and her chronic lung disease of prematurity than for her heart. She will obviously always have to keep watch on her heart, but we are so grateful that the big things are hopefully behind us. This journey was long and tough. It is longer than some families' journeys, but also much shorter than others'. I still worry about things with her that I would have never thought twice about with my older child. After her journey, I sometimes feel like things are too good to be true right now, and I'm constantly waiting on the bottom to fall out and things to go south again. I just have to keep faith in God and keep putting one foot in front of the other and advocate for what is best for Aubrey. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you enjoyed hearing about our sweet miracle heart warrior, Aubrey. Thank you, Christina, for sharing you and your family story with everyone. If you or someone you know would like to share their personal story with us for a Lane lane-yep episode, please email us at nolahauts, N-O-L-A-H-A-W-T-S, at gmail.com for more information. Our regularly scheduled episode will be out next Tuesday, March 9th, so be sure to tune in. Thanks for listening, and remember, no judgment here. It's all about survival. Cheers.